Welcome to the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Hometown Ticketing is proud to be the exclusive sponsor of the UIAAA Connection Podcast and to provide schools nationwide with the best options for digital ticketing for their events. Visit their website at hometownticketing.com to learn how they can make digital ticketing possible and simple at your school. Thank you to Hometown Ticketing for their exclusive sponsorship of the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the UIAAA Connection. I'm your host, Mark Hutch Hunter. Today, we are thrilled to have as our guest, Julie Renner, who is actually the, let me go back, Julie Renner, CAA, Certified Athletic Administrator, Assistant Executive Director of the Ohio Athletic Directors Association, and I'm not sure what your title is with AMP, but it's to me, it's boss. So does that clarify it? Sure, that sounds great, Hutch. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. Let's start with having you fill in our listeners here in Utah and across the country, where you grew up, college, first job, that type of thing. Sure, I grew up um, outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and attended, um, I actually did parochial school um, elementary, all my elementary years, um, then a public high school. Um, it's called Claremont Northeastern High School and um, it's a suburb of Cincinnati. And then I went on to the University of Kentucky, go Wildcats in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, where I did my middle grades education degree there. And then I actually came back to Northern Kentucky University to get my special ed degree as well before I started teaching. And my first teaching job was in the Cincinnati area. And then as I was teaching coaching um, as well, teaching and coaching at the same time in a high school at Loveland High School in Cincinnati, um, I worked on my master's degree at Xavier University here in Cincinnati. Um, and then I received my master's and then continued on in education administration. So I got my principal's licensure, my superintendent's licensure moving forward. So lots of um, education background. Did um, I really, I worked 25 years in the Cincinnati area as a teacher, coach, and then in administration where I did um, 17 years of administration at the building level, either as principal, assistant principal, principal, or athletic administrator. So many questions I have from that. The first one is, parochial school when you're younger public school as a high school now hat me not having experienced that is is that a big shift for you or was it you were just tired of, of the parochial school or, or explain your feelings on that you know it really i actually thought that you know i did all the entrance exams for parochial schools i really thought i was going to go to an all-girls school here in the cincinnati area and then my parents set me down and they said, you know, just FYI, remember you wanna play every sport coming and going. And really we lived outside of Cincinnati. So those drive, like the drive to those parochial high schools would have been at least 30 minutes for, yeah. for us um, in comparison to where we, we live, where my parents live, where I grew up. So they sat me down and they said, you really need to think about it. 
And they also talked about, they were realistic. My parents were both public school educators. So they were realistic of, you know, you're, you're going to be a pretty average, maybe above average high school athlete. And if you want to play, what's your best, you know, what, what's your best decision here, which was really good advice at the time, because looking back, you know, not that maybe I would have made a team, but where I went to high school, I played, I played all the time. I played and I was a three sport athlete as well. So, and it was right. It was five minutes down the road from our house, not 30 minutes going, you know, driving all the way mm-hmm. into Cincinnati to get to school and back. So it really worked out well. And of course I got a great education in the high school. I mean, I, you know, I was able to do all the college prep a curriculum. I was well-prepared and obviously well-prepared to go on to college, got accepted to college to go on to college uh, and do what I was wanting to do. Excellent. Expound now on what sports you played as a youth then. I did soccer, volleyball, basketball, and softball. So, and then softball was really the sport and then softball, not only in school, but then that was kind of my, I really put a lot of time into softball where I did the summer, basically played all summer, did the traveling um, Mm -hmm. softball in the summer. My mom, you know, she drove me all over the Midwest, um, most of my high school career in the summers, probably starting at about seventh grade, seventh through about I don't remember doing, obviously I didn't do it the summer after my senior year because I knew I was just, I was going to go on and be a college student, but um, seventh through 11th grade, just a lot of, a lot of car trips, a lot of playing around the Midwest. Did that install in you a, a desire to coach or did you want to be a coach as you were playing all along? Yeah, like that's a good question, Hutch. Like I just remember, I remember actually as a very little girl, I'm, I'm the youngest of a big family. I have four older brothers and I remember being at every ball field, every sideline with my dad as a very, even young little girl. And I just loved sports. I remember watching, you know, in the summer, watching the Cincinnati Reds with my dad on TV all the time going to games whenever we could Big red machine yeah that was that was probably before your time though oh well i mean i was a little girl but i remember the machine i was you know i just i loved every bit of that um watching college basketball with my dad watching you know nfl obviously all always saturday afternoons in the fall watching notre dame on the you know nbc was always nbc Mm -hmm. always had notre dame on the in you know eastern time that three o'clock game so I just remember all of that, you know, and just um, loving watching sports with my dad. Not that my mom, my mom watched him too a lot, but just talking sports and then just always being involved with it, which was great. Um, and then, of course, my mom and dad were both educators. So then that that teaching side, I grew up with that. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. And then my dad was a school principal, like he was a he was in the same building for 21 years as a school principal. And I remember as a young girl thinking, oh, I, I want to do this too one day. So it was kind of like that path, just following my parents and how, what they role modeled for me. So yeah, I loved every bit of it. Well, obviously you're a well-rounded person because you were a three-sport athlete in high school. 
because that, that's another topic. Don't get me started right. on specializing in high school, but right, 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 right. Uh, you may, as, as a woman now, so I hope this question comes out right. You've then been a coach, an athletic director, mm-hmm. a vice principal and a principal. Mm-hmm. Generally, well, I don't know many men that do all four of those, let alone any women. So talk about maybe the difference in the time you spend as an athletic director as opposed to a building principal. Because I, I didn't know you were a building principal until I heard it on Jake Von Sheer's podcast here yeah. a little while ago. Well, I, I remember, so I was in, um, I, my background was special education. So when I was in the classroom, I was, um, um, you know, learn, I, I worked with, uh, students with specific learning disabilities, um, cognitive delays, and really enjoyed that. And then coached at the same time. What I really loved about that time of my career is because the typical students and the special needs students, we set up a lot of um, you know bonding with them and just getting, especially getting the special needs kids involved in areas. So I remember mm-hmm. thinking, you know, there's kids are kids and they they're all accepting of each other and and they all want to be involved in something especially if it's their school so moving on from that I was I went into in the same district became an assistant principal but I moved to the middle school so I was in the high school teaching coaching but then I moved to the middle school and when I was in the middle school in that same school district the athletic director's job came up I applied for it and I didn't get it which again, you're thinking, you know, I was young and I was like, yeah, thinking I was a little devastated, I guess, lack of a better term or disappointed, not devastated is the wrong word, but disappointed. Right. And then I realized, okay, maybe this is a sign, you know, maybe I'm not meant to just stay in this school district throughout. So I, I went looking for an administrator's job and, and I found a job outside of that current district, another district for a building principal. And I took it and went to, and I was a building principal for 10 years um, in, a, in a much smaller district, still in the Cincinnati area, um, New Richmond exempted village. But I mean, I just loved every bit of that small community, small building atmosphere. And I remember thinking administration is administration. Well, the district that I had started my career in didn't get the athletic director's job, that job came up, it came back up around 10 years later. And they actually called me and said, hey, you wanna wanna come over and talk to us about this job? And they said, we made a mistake 10 years ago. Would you like to reconsider? No, but you know, everything happens for a reason. And I did, I went back and I obviously I took the job. And when you look back, you think, would I have really been ready for this job 10 years mm-hmm. ago? Because I will have to say, and I, I will say it to anybody, administration, yes, is administration, but athletic administration is above and beyond because I, I always say it like anybody can get to you at any time because, you know, when you're standing on the sideline any night of the week, somebody can walk up to you, get to you, fill your ear. Um, you're, you're very visible. Most everyone in the district, but knows you knows who you are as well as they know who the superintendent is. Oh yes. Uh, Not to mention the hours that you put in on a weekly basis to get the job done. But I will also say athletic and that athletic administrative job was the most 
rewarding position I ever had in my career though. Um, because you're, you're with kids, you're with student athletes, you're with students, young people, you're with them in such different, different times throughout their life. I mean, it's not a, like you see them as a student, but then you're with them in real life situations. You know, when they are trying to win a conference championship or they're trying to win a state title. I mean, you're with them in real, you know, when there's, they got to be humbled and they've got to give it their all and they've got to learn how to overcome adversity. And, you know, at the drop of a hat, I mean, it's, it's really an interesting, if you ask me, it's, it's really one of the most rewarding like positions in a school district. Very well said. I'm, I'm going to leave that topic because I couldn't have said it better myself. Let's go back to, you mentioned your parents, obviously, but maybe mention some of the other mentors or teachers or coaches you had that helped you along the way. Oh, yeah. Like when I was in high school, um, our phys ed teacher, Val Davis, who also um, basically in that time, the late 80s, she, co- she coached at all three seasons. You know, she went from one season to the next, to the next, um, you know, and just, and she never complained, you know, and now looking back on that, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you would have to try to pay somebody a million dollars to coach three seasons in a row, um, just because there's so much involved. Um, I too, as a junior and senior in high school, though, we had a female athletic director, Mary Johnson, and she was she was outstanding. She was a, she was a science teacher and then moved to the athletic director's role um, when I was a junior. And she just, I just remember how organized she was and how she, you know, really wanted to put us as student athletes. She wanted to put us out there and provide us opportunities and experiences both on and off the court. Um, so she, she was really, you know, I, I think back fondly of her and what she taught me and didn't even know she was teaching me, um, you know, to lead up to present day. And then just all of the different coaches that I worked with, um, teachers and coaches that I was really fortunate enough to work with as an administrator, uh, whether being a principal or an athletic administrator. Um, you know, there's many coaches in this country in education-based athletic that put their heart and soul um, into what they do, into their their programs, into their student athletes, and really into like the whole family culture that they build in in a school. So it's it's amazing um, the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet along the way. So tell our listeners, when did you become a CAA? Well, actually, I, I am still working on that. I still need to take, I need to take my test in this, um, gosh, in this upcoming Ohio conference. So I'm still working on mine because I had my principal's license, my superintendent's license. And then when I got in athletic administration and I was in it for five years, like I was just, I, I would I'd take a class, not take a class. So I am excited sure. to actually take my exam. <laughs> well, you tell you tell Glenn that he better do you right, or he'll oh, have to answer to me. You know he will. So thank you for that. Now, now let so let me ask you. Go back to you talked about that female athletic director you had, mm-hmm. and I know they're a minority now, but I'm thinking in the late '80s, that's probably unheard of 
or or very rare, even in Ohio. I know right. here in Utah, I can't think of maybe only a couple. Right, right. And so she was, uh, I mean, probably, well, you already spoke about how great she was, but uh, to overcome some of the stuff she had to go through, I assume was kind of a mess for her. You know, I, I, I will actually never forget. She, um, it was a big deal when she got that job. She was following a athletic director who was also our, the football coach. And he was, you know, a longstanding AD football coach there in that, at that school. And I remember like people showing up at board meetings, wanting to know if this was really the right, like choice that the board of education was going to make at, at appointing her as like the athletic. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I thought, what, what are they talking? What do you mean? Like she can do the job. She, she's organized. She knows what she's doing. She knows all of us. Like she's the best person for the job. So I remember thinking back then, like what's going on? Like, why, why, why are they even discussing yeah. this? And it was so funny. Cause I remember my parents trying to like subtly, but very respectfully explain this to me as a 16 year old. And I was mm -hmm. like, I don't understand what the big deal is. And, and it was kind of like my parents way of, it isn't a big deal. If, if you want to do something, you, you educate yourself, you go after it, you prepare yourself and, and, and you too can do whatever you want to do kind of thing. So it's kind of like those foreshadowing things when you look back and you're like, sure. Wow. The things that you like conversations you had or the things you remember experiencing. And it really gave you a good foundation of don't be scared. Don't, don't be nervous. Like if, if you are the right person for the job, it will happen for you, but regardless, be prepared, be prepared of how you're going to approach it. And if you're fortunate enough to get the job, also be prepared and never stop learning and being, you know, the, like, being the right person for that job, doing the best you can, again, being prepared, scheduling all of that. Um, you know, just don't get in there and be like, oh, okay, well, now I, I got it. So I can just, what, sit mm. back on my heels? No, like, first of all, that's not how I was raised, but most of us right. were raised that way. You know, like, no, there's, there's always work to be done. Well, share with our listeners, Julie, the the difference from when you first became a vice principal, principal, then an AD in those years and how the job of athletic director has changed up into the present day. You know, I, I remember thinking about things I would have worried about or how I prepared for the interview of athletic director when I, when I first, when I applied for it the first time, which would have been in the early 2000s, right? And mm -hmm. the things that I was preparing myself for and what I was for the interview, what I was saying, hey, I, you know, this is what I want to take the, the department to. And the, the, these are the things I want to concentrate on. And none of it was big picture. It was all very like, you know, raising money in a concession stand and working with a booster program that maybe had 10 people involved. Mm -hmm. And you know, you, you have just working with your athletes, but, and also that was at a time where student athletes were, were playing more than one sport and it wasn't that big of an issue. And then fast forward 10 years and it was, you know, 
it, it wasn't taught, you weren't talking about concession stands, you were talking about almost how you were raising, working with a booster organization of hundreds of people and how you were gonna raise anywhere from a, half, a quarter to a half a million, dollar, million dollars a year for a new project or, you know, thinking about facility, mm -hmm. a master facilities program and how do you battle um, the, that, you know, hurdle of specialized sports, specialized athletes, um, you know, even athletes leaving high school early mm -hmm. to where they reclassify or they, I mean, how it drastically even in a 10, in basically a decade, Hutch, how the topics drastically changed, um, you know, and then just all, all the things that are really serious that we all need to, you know, keep an eye on of, you know, the mental health of athletes, of student mm -hmm. athletes, the social pressures of student athletes. Um, and now even, you know, thinking, will what the NCAA deals with now with name, image, and likeness, is that ever going to end up filtering down into high school education-based athletics? And then of course, always the juggle of education-based athletics versus club athletics. So, you know, very yeah. things that would you weren't thinking about. You, I mean, I mean, we like, we never faced that at all when I was a high schooler, you know, and then right. when I became, when I came out of college and I was coaching and I was teaching, still wasn't really facing a lot of those topics and subject matters. And now here we are um, facing it almost every day. I'm going to go off script here for a second because a thought just came to me. So you would have been in Ohio when LeBron James came straight out of high school and went to the NBA. And of course, we in Utah only heard what we saw in the paper or the Ohio Activities Association is investigating this or this is true or this isn't true. But how with someone as high profile as LeBron, how was that for the rank and file, the coaches and, and some of the other athletes in Ohio? I like yeah. I say, this thought just occurred to me, so I thought I'd ask you. You know, it, it, I remember that too, and it was, and that was a big deal because um, when he was in high school, like for example, that was obviously up north, um, his the school where you know Akron, the Akron area mm -hmm. where he attended high school, but that you know as they realized he was this phenom, then his sophomore, junior, senior year every different area of Ohio wanted a piece of even the financial part of it, meaning, you know, come on down to the Cincinnati area to one of the bigger schools with good program and play at least one game or go to the, the Columbus area to play at least one game or go, let's do this holiday tournament where we're bringing mm -hmm. his, you know, this team to play in this holiday tournament because all of a sudden everybody realized the financial part that you could get out of that, right? Um, and it, it, and I remember thinking that, like, wow, this is like this is like a circus that's traveling the state of Ohio. And then by the time, really, his junior and senior year, they weren't just traveling the state of Ohio; they were traveling to different parts of the country to play basketball games during oh, the yeah. as well. And then, of course, like you said, the 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 rumor mill of you know, he had already bought 
you know, his mom a, a car or a house before he even graduated high school and what, and then if, you know, and as they, they call it, they call it the LeBron James rule of right. you need to go to at least one year of college. You know, I mean, you think about how that all transpired, right? From yeah. individual. Oh yeah. It was, it was very interesting to watch all that. But then since that time, you know, other, other athletes have also, um, you know, come through the ranks um, of, of Ohio or any state for yeah. that matter that we've seen that. So. Exactly. So staying with the Ohio subject matter, <clears throat> of course, Bruce Brown, the first executive director of the athletic directors in Ohio, who's tragically left us last year, then Glenn Gillespie's the new executive director. My question to you is, what made you apply for the assistant executive director of the Ohio athletic directors, or did they just come after you? No, I applied for it. I did. Um, now Bruce, Bruce and I had many conversations about it because that it was a, the Ohio didn't have an associate executive director. And it was an idea that Bruce, Bruce really wanted to get into place as well as the board. Mm-hmm. getting that position into place and obviously it just didn't come to fruition before um bruce passed away but i i applied for it and because i believe in the association so obviously um you're well aware of this but you know across the, the country uh, you have your nedc which is your Na- national executive director council Right, uh, right. Made up of all of you, you being one of them. And, you know, being around that when I took on the role with final forms in AMP and I went to my first one, I was like, this is, this is an important organization. And then when you break it down to each state having an association that represents athletic administrators, I believe in what it stands for because it's a professional organization. And I will say, I'm glad you really asked this question because when we were talking about being an assistant principal versus a principal building level administrator, athletic administrator, I truly believe there are many people still in 2021 that don't see an athletic director as a professional position or even an administrator. And it boggles my mind. It it takes me back to what I said earlier of the hour. And it's not just about the hours that are expected or that are worked, but it is the responsibility factor of, you know, taking kids, you know, you you have kids all over the city playing on any given day. Maybe you have them across the, the state playing, or sometimes you take them out of state across the country to participate in something. So it's, you know, it's the liability, it's the safety, it's still instilling the academic portion of being a student athlete. There is so much responsibility uh, in athletic administration and it, and don't let anybody say to you, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do with your job? You just stand around and watch games all day. And, and And it's just, it's just mind boggling to me so that's why to me, all of our associations in any state that we're in is so important because it, as an athletic administrator, it's your, it's your professional responsibility 
to be a member of the organization because there's a lot you can give to it and there's a lot you can get out of it. And I, and I just really feel like it's, it's just a very important component of your professionalism. Very well said. Let me go to the journey with AMP and final forms. Now I realize because Bruce, bless his heart, obviously brought it to the NEDC and yeah. you would have the numbers. I don't, but I think you have a presence in probably over 20, maybe half the states in the U.S. now. Yeah, and we're, so we're at 23 exactly that are open, like that have running amps and then currently three on the docket to be built. So when plus those you work with the NIAAA. Plus we work with the NIAAA. Yes. And so <laughs> Bruce came to, uh, to clay and then you were working with clay or wow. you, they, they got you. So how did all this, my memory, and of course I'm 68, so it's kind of failing. <laughs> but my memory is the first time I met you and Clay, I think was in New York, up in, uh, in Glen Falls. And that's when we first got exposed to, to Final Forms Ants. But tell us your end and how this all came, because this is such a, and I'll give you some time after this to, to talk more to, to ADs here in Utah across the US about what a great product it is. But tell us how this all came about. Yeah, I um, so I obviously was an athletic administrator at Loveland High School in the Cincinnati area, and I used or our department, our athletic department, used. Go. So I was um working at the school, like Loveland High School in the Cincinnati area, as the AD, and I, we we purchased final forms to use in our athletic department for our student athletes, our parents, our coaches, um, to really help us with compliance, being compliant, our liability, our safety of all of our student athletes. Um, so I used it for a number of years um, in the department. And then um, I was faced with a career move. My husband um, took a job at Marshall University um, in the baseball as a in the baseball program as coach. And it was either, and we had lived apart different times in our careers because he's always been in um, college baseball. I've always mm -hmm. been in schools in the Cincinnati area. So we had lived apart before in our marriage and we just decided this time we weren't going to do it. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to look for some, you know, I'll look for a different job, a different career path. And I called up Clay and I said, hey, are you hiring? Because I, I, I too believed in, in the final forms product and what it does and what it brings to schools, athletic departments, activity directors. Um, it, it really changes the way you do business. I, I always say it's the cheapest employee you could hire because mm. that's almost what it feels like. It feels like an additional employee because of what it gives you. So, um, he brought me on in, in the spring of 2018 when I finished up uh, with Loveland for that, for the 17-18 school year. And then I started working. So I did. That was the first, that summer of 18 up in New York is when I first met you um, and many of the executive directors across the country. And that's when Clay, I think, realized um, it would be a good position for me to take and oversee the AMP platform, which AMP stands for um, Association Management Platform. So it is another platform. It's powered by Final Forms. So the Final Forms platform 
is what helps all of the schools and athletic departments do their business. AMP is the platform that helps associations across country do their help with membership, um, event, event registration, LTI registration, and then of course, communication um, from ADs to ADs. So that's how I got involved in that. And then from that, really seeing how, wow, like working with all of the different associations across the country, especially the, the NIAAA as well, the partnership we've built there, um, it's really opened my eyes to how strong these associations are across the country, how needed, again, as we were just talking before, how needed they are and how support it, you know, how they support all of their athletic administrators too. Um, and I'm really, I feel very fortunate to have, to be in the role I'm in because I think with my background, it has helped me come into this and be able to see the vision of the different associations we're working with um, and helping them reach goals because so many associations do, you know, their five-year forecast or their strategic plans. And in that, a lot of times it's about how do we in, in, you know, raise our membership levels? How do we support and provide professional development for our members? Um, how do we support them adequately so they then can turn around and support their student athletes? So that's what our mission of AMP is from Final Forms, um, is really Final Forms overall goal is to be the leader in um, education, to, to support educational leaders in their endeavors. So to support them and give them plat that, like whether it's Final Forms platform or the AMP platform, to give them that advice to gather really good data, keep really good data, and, and help them be as organized as possible in everything they're trying to do on a daily basis for students, student athletes, whatever the case may be. Well, I will put in an unsolicited plug. I believe I sent an email out to my board last week and it's just a snippet in time, but I think our membership last week may have been 211, at least for that time period. Okay. Now you got to remember in Utah, there's 151 high schools of which 30 are charter schools. Mm -hmm. And uh, to have that, I mean, we've, I mean, obviously we've had this discussion before, but the, what AMP has done for us in Utah is incredible. And the greatest thing about it is it's, and we're still teaching our athletic directors to do it is, but you've got this communication tool that there's still some of them are just waking up to. Some of them have been using it for years since we've implemented it, but you can contact all of your league. You can contact your classification. You contact, now you can contact just female ADs, male. You can break it down to any way you want it, but uh, right. I, I, I can't speak highly enough about it. So talk for a minute now for those who may be listening about what and you did mention final forms, but I'll give you a little extra few minutes to talk about final forms because some districts or schools in Utah and across the nation may be looking at changing their database. And of course, I'm sold on it, but I'll, I'll give you a couple of minutes. I appreciate that. 
final, again, with final forms, we want to be that leading support for the educate for educators, the education community across this country. Um, and we truly believe we have the right platform and site to provide that to educators, no matter what state, what region of the country you're in, because data is key. Every, educa ed every educator, every school, every school district has to have the right data to do business um, because they have to know that their, their, their kids' medical reports are up to date, student athletes' mm -hmm. physicals are up to date, that all forms, you know, there's always forms, no matter if you're in Ohio, Utah, or Alaska, or, you know, Hawaii, every state has very specific forms that they need. And then sometimes schools or school districts have very specific forms that they need. So we can take all of that and we can keep it organized very digitally to help you, um, to help schools, school districts, and um, really always collect all of that data to be able in turn for them to get out anything that they would possibly need to know about, whether it's from concussions to injuries to how many times a, a student letter, you know, letters in a sport, keeping track of equipment, um, you know, keeping track of, you know, all of their awards, whether they were the MVP of some, you know, of football for four years running. I mean, we have a way to track, collect, and verify any data that you would need in a school system or an athletic department. Um, and we truly believe we are the leader um, in, in that area, um, providing those kind of platforms. Well, I know you are. So let's, uh, let's try to finish this up now. And let me ask you the, the first of a couple of final questions. You being an athletic administrator, as well as a principal and many other things, if you had advice for a new athletic director, a new, by my standard, is one to four years. And you were to tell them you absolutely need to have two items. You need to do these two things in order to be successful as an AD. What would those two things be? Yeah. The first one is don't forget to make deposits. And what I mean by deposits is, you know, you, you've got those custodians that do wonderful things for you when you really need them and you're in a pinch or that, uh, secretary, administrative assistant, that's always doing things for you and getting the job done. Um, you know, those volunteers that you could, you could possibly never run a Friday night football game without the gazillion volunteers that you have, or, or any, you know, the, the cross country invitational that has, you know, how 25 teams that are going to show up on a Saturday morning at 6am, you know, make deposits, meaning write a card to thank people, um, bake some brownies and leave it in the custodian room so they can, you know, have an extra little snack, you know, leave a gift card on somebody's desk because they went above and beyond. Do not forget to make deposits and thank people because it goes a long way. And then they realize that we're all in this together. We're all as a team. And on that same note, the second bigger thing would be you are part of that team. You're not bigger than that team as an athletic administrator. You're not better than anybody else. So don't forget to be a floor, a floor sweeper, a table washer still, or whatever. Like 
you know, if you got to grab the broom and sweep the floor real quick before that freshman basketball game starts, then do it. Don't, don't ever forget that you have all kinds of jobs to do as an athletic administrator. It's not just to stand there and answer all the questions. It is to, you know, find another microphone when the other one's not working. I mean, anything and everything, if you have to step in and do it, or for that matter, you know, I, if something happens with a coach or, you know, coach has a, a family emergency, you know, say, you know what, you got a family first, you take care of that. If I'm, if I'm coaching tonight, I'm coaching tonight. Or if I'm just riding a bus, like I, I'm going to get on the bus and I'll ride on, you meet us there. You take care of your family first. So don't forget to do all those little things because that's what, what it is about being a team, you know, being a family. Um, everybody's got, got to help pitch in and do other, you know, do any job you have to at a minute's notice. So those are my two big things. Cause I truly, truly believe they go a long, long way and they don't go unnoticed either. Thank you. Very good advice. What questions should I have asked you that I failed to ask? Oh, wow. I don't know, Hutch. I feel like you asked some really good questions. Um, maybe just, did you enjoy it? Did you have, I mean, did, do you have any good memories? from it um did you enjoy the ride do you have some great memories oh i have like i said i it was the most rewarding job i i ever had in my career and do i yes i have a good and i'm not talking like i was very fortunate to be in a school during my tenure where three state championships were won um some you know even some runner-up state champion you know we were runner-up too I'm not even just talking about those memories. I, I'm even talking about the, you know, the little things that maybe nobody ever even saw or remember that, you know, that are planted up here of, you know, one athlete here to a couple athletes over there to, you know, who, you know, just even like students doing really great things for other students or other people or other community members that maybe nobody even knew about you know, we saw it, you, you know, I, I saw it and those things will, those things will go with me forever. I'll never forget any of that. So, and those students, like those, those students, I love following, you know, seeing them on Instagram, you know, now they're, some of them are getting married. They're, you know, graduating from college, they're getting their careers. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, it reminds me how old I am, <laughs> <laughs> but it also reminds me of, um, you know, how special they are too, and how smart, talented, how, you know, that they are, that they're really going to be really productive members of society. That's, that's heartwarming. Thank you for sharing that. That wraps it up for this edition of the UIAAA Connection. Once again, our guest has been Julie Renner, Assistant Executive Director with, with the Ohio Athletic Directors and the boss of AMP. I'll just leave it like that. Thanks, Julie, for being on the program. Thanks, Hutch. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me. Have a great one. For our listeners, we hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the UIAAA Connection. <laughs>